Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old and kick all trouble out the door Beat me that rhythm on the drum Beat me that rhythm on the drum Beat me that rhythm on the drum And kick all trouble out the door Kick him 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 out the door Welcome to Radical Australia on Community Radio 3 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can see how excited I am, Kelly Whitworth, the world's greatest producer. Oh, how are they? I hope I am. I've got a um, our wonderful guest on the line. So what, you've put your, you've put your hand, your arm into the Snowtown barrel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and who have we um, pulled out? Susan Zeela Bissett. That name's very familiar. That name's very familiar. Hello, Zeela. Hello. Hey. You're not who I think you are. Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> oh, boy. What a... And what, you're stuck in Gympie these days? I am in Gympie. Oh, what are you doing there, you poor thing? I'm not stuck here. I'm here under my own volition. You're kidding. Uh, when did when did you uh, tell him to go shove it? That was quite rude, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. When when did you, <laughs> when did you do psychotherapy to end up there? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's all that life journey, work, and being able to afford a place. And, ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, surprised how affordable it still is. <laughs> really, I can understand with all that coal. But let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. What year were you born? I was born in 1954. 1954. You're just a young whippersnapper. You're not even a septogenarian yet. No, but it's coming up next year. You realise when you become a septogenarian, which I am, you get an honorary membership of the DFO club. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. That's the Don't Fall Over Club, <laughs> not the Direct Factory Outlet Club. Because <laughs> you'd be amazed of how many of us fall over after we become septogenarians. Speak for yourself, Joe. No, no, it happens to. It happens to. We got to be very careful, especially with these young people putting obstructions in our way. 
So where were you born? I was born in Maryborough, just one hour north of where I yeah. live now. So you've gone back to your home territory, Maryborough. What was it like for a little tacker in Maryborough when you were young? Well, Maryborough was an interesting town. My grandfather, who on the father's side was a Scottish immigrant mm-hmm. and he always told the family that when the boat pulled in at would have been Brisbane, out Lytton or somewhere, there was a sign up saying men are being uh, sought or workers wanted for the Queensland Railway in Maryborough. Mm-hmm. And he came on a boat called the Perthshire from Perthshire with a whole heap of other Scottish shipbuilders, boiler makers, citizen turners, and they all went to Maryborough. And I think they nearly all got hired. And that gave Maryborough a very special character. It was a very, it was a shipbuilding town. It was a heavy industry, blue-collar town, very uh, unionised. And it was quite a good place to grow up. Mm -hmm. They didn't tell us, what was it like? Well, the railway workers, put on a picnic at Harvey Bay. And every kid in town could get on this train, go to Harvey Bay and get a feed of watermelon. And so we were kind of a little bit bit blessed by the the new largest of the union. Uh And it was, well, at 5 o'clock every afternoon... A whistle would blow at Walkers Limited, which was big shipyards. Yes, they had a, they, they had a subsidiary in Salisbury in Brisbane. Yes. Mm, I remember and, that. Right, well, it's a very flat town. It's pretty well alluvial floodplain. Mm. And all those workers would jump on their bicycles. <laughs> and some treadled straight home, but I'm afraid some of them also took a detour to one of the many watering holes that were available on the way. Yes, for the six o'clock closing swill. Mm. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Now, I've got to ask you a very personal question. When you were a little tacker and you went to all these picnics, were you involved in the sack races, the three-legged races and the the egg-in-the-spoon race? Yes. Yes, I was a champion of all those. Oh, at all of them? (laughs) Well, my particular... One was the egg and spoon. Yeah. Well, how did you uh, how did you manage that? I always, always used to drop the egg. Oh well, I, I had good hand eye coordination, Joe. Ah, uh, well, that's good. And did you go to Maryborough Mer- State School? I assume. I did. I did. Mm, did you? First of all, and it's all still there. Yep. <laughs> there hasn't been like rebuilt or anything. Right. Beautiful old buildings and. And then I went on to Mirabara Girls High School mm. because although it was a state school in 1969, it had not yet entered the era of co-education. Right. So we were all girls and almost all our teachers were girls. Right. Well, now, women. Uh, now, I assume your parents are no longer with us? No, they passed on to the great back in the sky. Yes. Right. And what were they like as parents? Oh, <laughs> well, 
I don't think they would win. Uh, I'm not here to sentimentalise Joan and Josh. They were they were adequate parents. We were fed, been, uh, 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 attended school regularly. Yeah. Dad had been in New Guinea mm-hmm. in the war, and we could probably make some allowances for him. He probably... That was a very nasty, nasty campaign. Was he yeah. one? Was he one of the chocos? You know, the the young men, eighteen to twenty, who were sent down. Oh, he wasn't. He was not that young. Wasn't but he it? was. He was young. Yeah, yeah. that was. That was sent. Yeah, look, I don't think people realise. I mean, we all we all eulogise Anzac and Anzac Day and the, and the Anzac defeat. I don't think people realise what happened in New Guinea. And if your father was uh, one of those soldiers. Many of them came back with post-traumatic stress disorder, which wasn't recognised in those days. Because no, what happened is, all all the battle-hardened veterans were in uh, in Libya, Alamein, and the Japanese lightning strike from Malaysia, Singapore into Papua New Guinea. I think it was Chifley. He demanded that they be brought back, but there were no soldiers to defend Australia, so they sent off all these young men who had about eight weeks training. And uh, they actually stopped the Japanese imperial forces for the first time in the in the history of the of Japanese expansionism. So it was it was brutal. I, I knew some of these veterans, and it was brutal hand to hand combat. It was just well, disgusting. Yes, they were 30, 30 miles or kilometres. I'm not sure which from Port Moresby mm. when when the war ended. So we only really that's what was it the thin green line or something. They yeah. only just held yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're all youngsters. They'd had minimal training because all the battle-hardened, you know, troops have gone to Europe to fight for the British Empire. So I can imagine he had he had his issues. And yeah. how many siblings did you have? Well, I was the eldest, and I was mm. very quickly followed by two more sisters. Mm. My mother had three of us in four years. Mm. As and you did in those days, very common. Yes, but I, I think there was an announcement that no, that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. No, so he, he didn't get a, a boy, yep. but uh, yeah, he, he got three girls, and I guess we grew up with quite a nice little extended family around us. We had uh, a grandmother on my father's side still alive, and we had both parents on my mother's side who we visited every week. Right. And we also, I also had an aunt and uncle who took the interest in the three of us who didn't have a family of their own. So we were quite... And the other big thing in our life was Harvey Bay. Yes. So, as you may know, Narrow and Harvey Bay were mm. the estate of the Butchelor people. Yeah. And my, my mother's father was a great fisherman and a great lover of Harvey Bay, and he built himself a weekender, I guess you'd call it. Well, that was almost a religious experience to have a a weekender on the beach. Yes, where you could go fishing. Mm. And as we got older, every holiday, he had six kids, so my mother was one of four, I mean, one of six. She she had four brothers and a sister. Mm. So, yes, we, you know, and there was no such thing as sort of paid holidays then. So every holidays we went down to the bay and the place was just bursting at the seams and there were beds all over the verandas with 
mosquito nets over them and mm. little plants in the yard and stuff. And so that was kind of a very social time where we mixed with extended family. Mm. And I think it was a very healthy diet because <laughs> they, were, they went fishing. I, my uncle and grandfather went fishing and just brought back loads and loads of of seafood, as it were. Mm, yeah. Did they, yeah, ca- did they so. catch any Red Emperor? Not Red Emperor. Because that was a bit, bit caught, too south, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, they they caught something called parrotfish. Yeah, parrotfish. Yeah, I remember parrotfish. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Mm. yep, well, they were quite, quite the adventurers in the Sandy Strait. Mm. And they would go over as far as Gary, Fraser Island, to mm. the to, uh, and up to the bit where there was that's a lifeguard. Right. With, with no life jackets. <laughs> no, and the most minimal navigation equipment. And that's that right. If they had a compass, they'd be lucky. Yeah. So, well, my uncle had a notebook, and he showed me. It's got a little sketch in it, and it mm. says things like, big tree. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, they did the job. It did the job. <laughs> Yeah, no, they got home. They got uh, home with the fish. Uh, so what was life like at Mirraburrah Girls High? Well, there we were blessed with the principal, Miss Mary Hanson, and it was Miss. Miss. She was very... She had a staff of basically, essentially, women who'd chosen a career over a family. Whoa. There was that could blue. explain what happened to you, you know. <laughs> Well, I think so. I think you were groomed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She groomed every girl in that school to think that she would have a career. There was none of this find a nice boy and, you know, get married. But even in my early, in my primary years, I I had an interesting experience. Uh, Uh, Look, look, this program has been broadcast during school hours as the kiddies come out of school. Now, oh, I hope I hope you were actually able to share this on uh, radio, this interesting experience. Well, I hope this will inspire uh, 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 many young children. Mm-hmm. What happened was the deputy principal announced on parade that girls be allowed to play on the school oval because he needed it for training the boys' football team. Yes, as you do, yes. Rugby league, yep. So uh, why he needed half an acre to, you know, train 20 boys, I'm not sure, but I was not about to take that lying down and I recruited a few friends and we had a campaign. It was my first political campaign. Bloody rebels, bloody rebels, these independent women. Well, I was already, I was already 10. So, yeah, I, I knew, you know, knew you didn't accept that kind of injustice. So we we got together in our little lunch and we produced about a thousand little bits of paper that said Oval for Girls in very neat writing. Of course. And, and you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't use, you didn't use a gestetner, did you? Because those days oh, it was the guest. No. no, just handwriting, yep. No, we wouldn't have to have support from the administration for that. Mm. Yes, no, they were neatly handwritten, nice dress, mm-hmm. in different coloured biros and so on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the following day, we had a summons from Pop Peters, who was the principal, mm-hmm. and I was one of about six girls, and he had picked quite accurately 
and we were lined up in front of him. And then this girl, who I knew from Sunday school, because I don't probably, I may not have mentioned, but all those guys at the boat were Presbyterians. Mm, They were Scottish, let's not forget that. They were Scottish, they were (laughs) unionists, and they were very frugal people that lived, you know, extremely. They'd been through some hard times. Anyway, this, this girl who was in my Sunday school class started crying and told the principal that I made her do it. <laughs> she was right. Well, I know, but that where's the solidarity in that? So what happened so, to you? Well, I don't think he was actually surprised. But anyway, nothing happened. We were just sent away. But I think our parents may have been wrong. Uh, contacted. And, mm, but did and the boys get to hog the oval? That's what I'm interested in. Oh, no, it, it's a win. It's a win. But you're getting ahead of me, Joe. All right. The following day, before my parents said a word, yes. a young female teacher found me in the playground where I was not on the oval, but I was right on the edge, mm. <laughs> sitting under a tree looking at it. And she said to me, can we have a little chat? And she was a very pretty young teacher, and I was like, oh, my God, okay. So she sat down. I said, oh, she got me to sit down next to her, and all the other kids just melted away. Mm. And then she said to me, Susan, don't you want to be a lady? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that set me back, and mm. I managed to say, well, not yet. And well, I had reached, you know, the age of 10, so yes. possibly some socialisation yeah. had not succeeded in my case. Yes, yes. And so then I kind of beat a hasty retreat. Yes. And then when I got home, uh, mum and dad said, oh, we've had a call from school. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you know, it's about that over for girls. And then they said, look. And then my mother, who very rarely voiced a strong opinion, said to me, the name, the, the fact to name this guy, he's probably long dead, Harry Walker was this deputy, said to me, well, you know what, I reckon, Harry oh. Walker can pull his head in. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, and so I knew that I had, <laughs> yeah, was not going to be in trouble. Yeah. And then following that, on the Sunday, uh, that girl who cried and, and, yes. and, you know, and um, sold me out to the principal mm. was at Sunday school and I thought she was going to tell my idol, who was the minister, mm. that I had got her in trouble. But um, he also, I thought, was trying to suppress a smile when he yes. heard the story. Yes. And the next week there was an announcement on parade and the girls were back on the oval. And that's the first and last history you've had, uh, victory you've had, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a couple since, but... Well, we'll move on, we'll move on. Obviously, <laughs> you graduated with honours from high school, is this correct? <laughs> oh, well, I graduated with a very nice scholarship. Yes, well, I remember those scholarships, and that took you to the University of Queensland? It did, yeah. it did, yeah. uh, And what year was that? What, what did you... What year uh, it would have been 19... 
1971. Yes, and uh, what... So this was prior to the Whitlam government. This is a, this That's is a right, it's the Commonwealth Scholarships old, for... Old yeah. yeah, this is Commonwealth Scholarship for bright kiddies who are going to become cogs in the machine. People like yes. you and me. That's right. Yes. They, yes. They've handpicked us bright kiddies to become <laughs> cogs. So what did you do at university apart from protest, organise? <laughs> did you do actually do well, any study? I, I did. I did. I, I became... Uh, I, well, the idea was that I should get a BA Dip Ed. Right. And I actually got something a little bit different. I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts. And later, mm-hmm. a dipshead. Right. So, yes, I, first of all, was a studio potter with my Bachelor of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. And that did become uh, hard to make a living. And I did end up, <laughs> I had to go back uh, to do that dipshead. And I had to teach for something close to 25 years, yeah. which, which I did. And... Well, let's go back. Let's go back to your university days. How many years yes. did you spend at University of Queensland? Only one, and then I transferred to something called the Brisbane College of Art. Oh, yes. Was that at Seven Hills? Uh, at that stage, it was still at the very end of George Street. Ah, before it went to Seven Hills. A few and then, years later. yeah, while I was still mm. in the process of, of getting that um, qualification, it did go to Seven Hills. That's right. Mm, I remember the George School. George Street School of Art. Yeah, I remember that. So did you get up to any mischief during that period? Well, I did join the self-management group. Yes. Would you class that as mischief? No, that's a very... very, You're going to out me as a member, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you just outed yourself. Did I? Ah, oh, look, we were very, very, how shall I put it, we were very focused in those days in the self So what cell were you with in the self-management group? Mm. Uh, were you in the arts cell, the health like cell? The, not the health cell. I suppose I would have fallen under the arts. Right. There were a couple of other, yes. you know, comrades at the art, art school. Yeah. Well, it was about, and, yeah. yeah. It was a pretty significant organisation. Look. Well... For those who don't know, mm. do we say that it was a libertarian communist organisation? Yep. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, in all the years that have elapsed, I still think that is probably the most most sensible and just form of socialised uh, social organisation. Yes, it was. Uh... I haven't really changed my mind. No, it was ahead of its time. There are a lot of good people involved in it, but uh, uh, it was a little bit like uh, sowing seeds on stony ground. I remember we were involved in the campaign where we had the fancy Gestetna and we it was going to be a, over a six-month period. We printed 250,000 leaflets and we leafleted almost every house in Brisbane. You remember that period? Well, I'm not sure if I was, but I certainly remember some adventures. Yes. Leafleting high schools, which was highly illegal. That's right. And, you know, plenty of running away and all that kind of thing and high adrenaline, high adrenaline hygiene. That's right. And cops planting drugs
Yeah, yeah. there was all these um, important periods. And I remember good old Senator George Georges, the only honest man in Parliament. I do remember George Georges, yeah. yeah he remember, looked like a koala. Yeah, he did. I, re- I mean, <laughs> I remember... Yeah, I mean, this was Bielke Peters at the time. And I remember poor old George Georges, about five foot nothing, you know, like a little koala. Yeah. And I was standing next to him, uh, you know, because you couldn't protest without a permit and you couldn't get a permit. You couldn't yeah, this get was free- the right to march. That's the right, the right to, to march. march, yeah, and you'd have right. these illegal demonstrations and the police who are a law unto themselves would come in with bat and charge and yeah, beat people up. Yeah, yeah, and poor old Senator George would always be, you know, pigeonholed by the special branch and be beaten to an inch of his life, chucked in the back of the paddy wagon. This was the Labor senator for Queensland. That's how it was treated. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, and he, he always came back. He, he was never intimidated. They no. never you know, really scared him. But, no, yeah. no. but they did target him, for sure, well, because he was well-known. He was yeah. well-known to be. Uh, and I think he's the only person in Parliament I've ever actually had any respect for, to be honest. <laughs> and that yeah. was a long time ago. So once you got your dip paired, where did you yeah. teach? Well, uh, what happened, it was a bit of a longer road. I did that studio pottery for quite mm-hmm. a number of years. Mm-hmm. And I moved up to a place, this is how I got to Gimpy. I moved up to a place sort of in the country near there that wanted someone that could build a kiln and fire pottery. Yep. And I thought I thought that was me. And I did move there, and it was uh, um, a radical feminist organisation. And it was very interesting because we were quite the novelty and quite the kind of, uh, what do you call it, in, in the small town of Gympie in those days. And uh, then... I eventually... Now, hang on, hang on. Let's get back to this radical feminist stuff. Yeah, Junction Co-op. Yeah, yeah. So what did you actually do? Oh, well, we lived out there. We, you know, grew vegetables and uh, lived a very low-tech lifestyle and... Right, we were all all, all women? Yes, and we we built... We did did build pottery. Right. But we didn't really quite get to the stage of uh, making... Like you know, regular like getting pottery to the markets or anything like that. So, so did and, your parents think yeah. that all the education was wasted on you by then? Did they? Oh, well, possibly. <laughs> 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 right. um, yes, they were certainly embarrassed. You know, when I was like arrested during the Right to March campaign. Yes. Yes, and uh, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think some of those working class politics still stuck with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the Bielke Peterson regime was not just about uh, students, it was also about workers and the way they uh, treated unions. It was just a terrible period in history. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And during that period, when I was growing up in Mariborough, mm. was when the, uh, well, eventually the Walker shipyard closed down That's after right. a flood. Mm. and there was a high unemployment and then there was sort of all anxiety about, you know, how are we going to get jobs and everything. And then Dillingham Murphyors came to town. Now, Dillingham, the Dillingham House is an American sand mining conglomerate mm. and they teamed up with Murphyors to, well, you know, make it seem more Australian. And they first of all had a crack. Well, there was sand mining going on at 
Palula, what we now now call Rainbow Beach, mm-hmm. uh, and the the, the uh, company applied for a an extension to mine more areas, and what happened was the um, the locals got up and said, "Ah, oh, uh, no, we <laughs> we've had enough of this paper," mm. and and this was. Uh, a very kind of period when Bjelke Peterson was really just kind of cementing his, his sort of influence and leadership right. yep. domination of what was then called the country party. Yep. Because, yeah, we didn't yet have... Yeah, that was the good old days when you needed 26% of the vote to actually get elected into Parliament, you know, the gerrymander. Uh, it was a wonderful period. Well, originally, not so much so. It was during the Bjelke Peterson era... That, that that country party really became a sort of, you know, servant of corporate interest. And there was a man called John Sinclair, who you might have heard of, who went to the mining warden court uh, in Maribara to oppose the, the licences uh, for sand mining Nari, Fraser yep. Island. Yep. And he became public enemy number one in town because everyone was so anxious about employment and... They thought that this was going to be it. And so that was an interesting kind of period uh, for me mm-hmm. because my uh, family were friends of the Sinclairs. Right. And once again, they, you know, gave back the underdog and they more or less, uh, you know, there was, I think, uh, I, I probably might be thinking out a turn here, but I do think, a lot of those Scottish unionists were suspicious of, you know, that kind of promise of prosperity yes. that it was being held out. Mm. And, yeah, I just think, you know, they're tough old guys and they're like, well, this is, you know, I'm going to read us. Now, I'm going to do something very, very evil, Zella. I'm going, Zella, I'm going to do a station announcement. We're okay. talking... That's right, chatting with Madame Bisset from Gladstone, all the way from Gladstone, Queensland. What's that? A win. Thank you, Kelly. It's uh, 4.32. It's Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. You're still there. You weren't blown away by... uh... No, but I'm in Gympie. (laughs) You're in Gympie. Where did I say you were? Gladstone. Oh, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> Starts with G and they're near each other, Gladstone and Gympie. Who knows? Look, you're right. Gympie is better than Gladstone. I agree. It must be beautiful. It's beautiful in your neck of the woods. No, it's not. It is. No, it's disgusting. It's not disgusting. I've been up there. Well, how many years ago? Uh, just a couple of years ago. Oh, God. It's, up, s- it's up just north of Noosa, isn't it? Yes, thank you, Kelly. And I went oh. to a meditation retreat oh, God, in this little that. place near oh, Pomona. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, be- it's beautiful up there. Oh, Gorgeous. That's what we need. There you go. Yeah, do you work for the Queensland Tourist Bureau, <laughs> Kelly, do you? Are you, are you? Do you really think it's that good? It's beautiful. No, no I'm asking our guest oh. who lives there. Oh, oh. Well, uh, it was the site of... Another successful grassroots campaign, Joe. Ooh, tell us about it. That was the plan under Premier Peter Beattie 
to dam the Mary River at a place called Traveston Crossing, mm-hmm. which he... It was during the millennium drought in Brisbane. People were on three-minute showers and couldn't wash the car. Heavens, you're kidding. No, No, you couldn't wash the car. I haven't washed my car in 22 years. (laughs) That's what the rain's uh, for, isn't it? He came up with this plan that he could divert something like 70,000 megalitres of water from Mm. the Mary catchment, which is to the north. It's not part of Brisbane's natural catchment. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feed into those big dams they've got there, the Mm. Somerset and the Wyvernhoe. It's a whole separate catchment. But anyway, he he had this, you know, brain fart of an idea that somehow, or somebody, maybe some bureaucrat got it, that they could make themselves very popular in the heavily populated southeast corner around Brisbane by stealing water from another region. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of, you know, going back... Remember we were talking earlier about the Right to March yes. campaign and mm-hmm. how uh, it was such a sort of popular front and there was everybody from George Georgia to... Uh, the local Spartacus League. <laughs> Mitch, what was his name? Mitch Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, and all the you know the Brian Laver and all yeah. that crew, mm. uh, and and a lot of kind of unions that were, I suppose, yeah, more sort of male dominated and so on. So what happened was that when this this, this plan was announced at Easter two thousand and six, that they were going to dam the Mary River at this Traveston Crossing and divert all these thousands of megalitres of water to the poor residents of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And it, they really did not expect. They just, I think, thought that's a, you know, rural area and nobody will, you know, sit up and... Do anything, and yeah. No, and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And talk about a popular front. <laughs> like, everybody from, you know, mm-hmm. the National Party to the left. Yeah, it, it reminds <laughs> the Greens me. and yeah. beyond, and yeah. all local governments, and yeah. just everybody that had half a brain could see a that it was technically unfeasible because where they were going to build it was a, a sort of a very wide, shallow area that wouldn't have held water and would have would have inundated a lot of towns and farmland, valuable farmland, and so on. Mm. So yeah, it was a dumb idea. But that didn't mean, you know, that it wasn't in danger of getting up. And so eventually, after three years of campaigning, uh, it was during the period when Peter Garrett was the Environment Minister. Yes. And uh, we eventually managed to amass enough scientific data showing mm. that three very rare and endangered creatures would be probably extincted by the by the plan and that they were the Queensland lungfish the not the lungfish oh the iconic lungfish not the lungfish what they were gonna oh, I can't believe it well there was one of them you know like they had to do a certain amount of scientific testing and the community really dug in and provided... Oh, you can't you can't touch the lungfish, sorry. There, there's a limit. Well, there was a bum-breathing turtle. You can't touch that. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> so, 
These are prehistoric yeah. creatures. They are. Yeah. They are incredibly. Uh, no, they were there when the bloody dinosaurs were there. Yes, they're of great scientific mm. you know, value. Mm. And another uh, fish called the Mary River cod. No, so I don't care about the cod. These, no, no. Well, <laughs> as, as it happened, they were all you know, listed as endangered. Mm. And so once the science was in that mm. this was going to wreck their last sort of stronghold, uh, they, they didn't approve it. And so that was just, you know, like community euphoria everywhere from Mullaney and the Obi-Obi where the river rises in the mountains out to Riverheads and Gari. everywhere. Oh, they, they, was... they, they picked on alternative land. That's what they pick on. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Uh, yeah. We've just been chatting. Is it Z-E-L-A? That's right. Where did that come from? That's not well, Scottish. Well, that's a made-up name. Made up? Um, <laughs> what do you mean made up? Well, oh. It's not on your birth certificate? No, it's not. Just Susan is on the birth certificate. What happened? But, I added it. Well, because um, in 19, whenever I was in, when I was in grade five, was it just just after I did the successful... Right, yeah, you got to your head. Yeah, yeah, okay. You thought you got, you're going to change your name to Madonna or something, eh? No, no, <laughs> no, but there was five girls called Susan in my class. Right. It was a very popular name. Zilla. No, Susan. There was five other Oh, Susan. Susan. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why Sounds I like a song. because I felt like I needed something a bit more distinctive or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, the Z's very nice. It's always good to have a name that starts off with Z. It okay. would have helped you in job applications because they'd remember who you were. Well, no one ever says Zilla who, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Zillahoo. So why doesn't anybody in Queensland, especially around Gympie, say Zillahoo? What have you done to make a nuisance of yourself? Well, uh, during the right to march, during the, sorry, the Travis and Dan Mm. era, Mm. I founded a group called the Sisters of Mary. And we were a group of cheeky women who made ourselves some sort of fake nun outfits. Yes. And we performed at... You King's weren't like King's. the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in King's Cross, were you? Uh, that, that analogy has been made. Yes. <laughs> so the Sisters of Mary, right? What, you used to dress up in well, nuns' gowns or something? Yes, we got... We, well, look, honestly, Joe, <laughs> Anna Bly took over after Peter Beatty, yes. you know, uh, no you you realise she's now the spokesman for the uh, banking association, gets paid I, very I, l- good money, while like you and me, we're just floundering in debt and she yeah. gets all this money. Yes, I saw her on TV last night, I think. Did you? Uh, wash out your yeah. mouth with soap and water. Yeah, saying something about money. Yeah. But... Anyway, um, she she had a chance, you know, to sort of back down. She could should have been able to see that there was tremendous community dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. But she 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 went with it, and yeah, I think it was a really you know bad bad move on her part. She came to Gympie at one stage, and there was a public meeting, and there was like four thousand people there, all 
shouting and she she she's got some got some thick skin. She you know, she didn't sort of run away and cry but you couldn't hear what she it's said. It's not like the not like your friend at primary school, you know, who ran away and cried. No. No, no she was made she, of journal stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah. So, so, what was, what was the, so why? Why the Sisters of Mary? Well, it was a little bit of a play on that Leonard Cohen song, The Sisters of Mercy. All right. And also, I guess, because, it, you know, the river's called Mary, mm. and we thought, you know, that women have a, should show some solidarity with, with rivers, and we, we um, did sort of like performances and singing, you know, cheeky songs and so on at rallies. And Anna Bly, mm. by this time, had realised, you know, it was a tremendously unpopular thing, and she had hired a team of spin doctors to mm. come out with all this good-sounding stuff about how, you know, it would be so great to have a dam there. And that that whole... That, it was part of that act of dressing up in nun costumes, mm. which activate, you know, a lot of sort of, what is it, like taboos? You yes, know, you can't, yes. like, make it, you know, make mm-hmm. a joke about nuns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so effective. Like, we we were more, you know, we got more publicity than her, you know, 1,100 spin doctors just by right. dressing up in a nun outfit. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. You must, you must um, send us a picture no. of that, Zira. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, Kelly. Yeah. But, but Zila, what I would really like you to do is sing one of those ditties for us. I'm yes. going to put you on oh, the spot. Wow. Come on. Come okay. on. <laughs> well, the sisters of Mary, they are not religion or nuns, but their faith is secure just as long as there is a run. That's enough. <laughs> Well, this proves to people this is a live program. <laughs> well, Zila, all I can say is don't give up your day job. <laughs> well, I have actually. That's mean and terrible thing to say. No, it's not. I know, Zila. We can, we, we, we can take it. We're Queenslanders. Isn't that right? That's why Anna Bly could take it. We can take it. We can take it. Remember when we used to run around the school and you'd say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. These days it's the other way around. You know, everybody's... Yeah, very sensitive. Very sensitive. You know, you you say the wrong word and they, they shrivel up and they say, oh, oh, you've hurt me, you've hurt me. Then you should bring out a hammer and to hurt them. But that's my apology. <laughs> Kelly is <laughs> I shocked. I'm not turning into a grumpy old man, Joe. No, I'm not a grumpy old man. I'm just a miserable. Oh. Miss. <laughs> You're not doing any favours for us with this show by being like that. Oh, come on, come on. You need to fight back against all this crap that's going on these days. I don't know. It's not about being grumpy, it's about being realistic. <laughs> you know. Helicopter parenting is causing a lot of problems, I reckon, in society, but that's a different story. Now, getting back to you, it's not about me. Okay. It's about you. So have you been ageing gracefully or have you been ageing disgracefully? Probably a bit more disgracefully. uh, So what have you been doing? Just to let us know. Well, I did finally get a pretty good job for three years. Doing what? 
Well, I did a Master of Environmental Education right. and then the Queensland Education Department decided that uh, children were not doing science and part of this came from pressure to improve NAPLAN scores. You know what that is? Oh, I know about NAPLAN scores. Yep. Right, yeah. Yep. It's like a standardised testing. Yeah, it's ticking the box exercise, yeah. Yes, and, you know, Peter Beattie always had this slogan that Queensland was a smart state. And the first time Queensland data... Oh, yes, Queensland was a smart state. And the first time the data came out, you know, we were second bottom, only better than, I think, the Northern Territory. It's the sun. I've got a theory. It's the sun. It shrinks the brain. I've got a theory. The further north you go, the more damage the sun (laughs) does. Not just to the skin, you know. All the teachers just got our asses kicked and just told, you know, fix this now, you know. We so obviously then you fudged the results. Is that what you did? Well, <laughs> people just fell over themselves to try to mm-hmm. uh, push the two areas that were measured. And the two areas were measured were literacy and numeracy. You're so kidding. we didn't care about music, art, uh, history, anything. Uh, we certainly want to see those literacy and numeracy improve. You mean they, they so, went back to the three three R's? That's extraordinary. Absolutely. Uh, reading, yeah. writing, arithmetic. That, they totally did. Back to the three um, R's. So what happened to you? Is it environmental, whatever you, well, you were doing? Well, um, after about, I don't know, five or six years of this, mm-hmm. some sensible person realised that nobody was teaching any science. And you know how there's this idea that science will save us and, you know, yes, clever yes, young yes. people will work yes. out how to, yes. uh, you know, yes. harness... There's, the a, there's a scientific the solution fired, to every human problem. Yeah, yeah. coal-fired power station will yeah, be able to yeah. carry on because... Nuclear fish, fusion, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and so then the government decided, oh, we have to revive science. So they recruited 55 people who are experienced teachers with higher degrees to go around to schools and uh, do exciting science with students and and to support teachers through one unit of a program that they called Primary Connection. And you were selected? Yes, I I got one of these jobs. Did did, did they check your background, (laughs) Zila? They asked me, yeah, no, this is true, (laughs) Um, for teacher registration... They asked, have you been arrested in the last five years? And you lie through your teeth. No. I was arrested like 25 years before that. Oh, right. Like March. Right. So I truthfully said no. And then, um, I forget exactly when, but one day I did get a letter from the department saying, uh, you know, we've uh, had a look at your... Uh, you know, whatever, you know, criminal record or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they they had seen that I'd been arrested and I wrote back to them and, and, and said, um, I think you'll find that uh, Wayne Goss, the former Premier of Queensland, <laughs> Anna Bly, the current Premier of Queensland, and many other prominent citizens were also arrested. <laughs> <laughs> During that period, that's exactly yep, and right. And then they shut up. It's and a badge of honour. If you weren't arrested, you weren't. You were, you were nobody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was that was kind of interesting, but I don't know why they 
you know, suddenly did that, but. Oh, Maybe somebody put in a complaint. To... Somebody, it's always there. Somebody always yeah, puts in a complaint. Yeah, trying to give me a fright. Or yeah, something. yeah. Oh, anyhow, so nothing, yeah. nothing eventuated. No, nah. no, they couldn't do anything because they'd never asked me. Yeah. You know, were you were you were you arrested twenty years ago? Nah, <laughs> no. Somebody, asking. some some little upstart complain, knowing you're one of the sisters of Mary and all that stuff. Now, Maybe, yeah. so when did you retire from wage slavery? I uh, in. Uh, 2019, Joe. So you've been free for four years? Well, not all of it, because we did have COVID. We were... We <laughs> <laughs> you retired and then you got COVID. <laughs> you, yeah, you, were, you were imprisoned. <laughs> re-imprisoned. But that, well, that but, would yeah. give you... And, and you acquired your little gimpy property by then, pre-COVID? Yes, yes, we so, have. So describe, describe... Is it a little block? Is it a block of land or...? Oh, it's just like what... I grew up in Mirabar. It's a quarter-acre block. Quarter-acre. Oh, yep. you've, you've achieved the dream. Oh, you've purchased oh. a quarter-acre block. <laughs> that have. is the dream of every human being. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do a lot on a quarter-acre block, and I guess, yeah, because we you know, we grow a lot of food. and. Who, uh, hang on, hang on. You just used the we word. Are you talking about your oh, id, yeah. ego, or uh, is there somebody no, else in your life? There is someone else in my life, yes. Uh, uh, are you, and, are you, are they, are you able to mention them? Oh, uh, yes, of course. Um, that's my partner, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And we uh, parented three young humans who are now not that young anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of semi-middle-aged humans that are all... All succeeded in carving out a life for themselves, uh, and but some did come home for COVID. You're kidding. <laughs> that's 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 how do you, how did you old people cope with having middle aged kids back at home? <laughs> well, I actually like it because they the, the one son has got two little kids, and I got to be you know I got to have a lot of fun in the backyard. During you know, COVID with the grandkids. And, oh. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. feeding the chooks and yeah. all that kind of stuff. With with a young child who hitherto had life on the third floor of an apartment in his son. What, in Brisbane? No, no, they, this, my son and daughter-in-law were in London, and that's oh. when, they came, when they came home because of all that, you know, during the first part of COVID. Right, uh, right. And they had to stay with us. And anyway... But, you know, I'm very, I was kind, I thought it was a good thing. <laughs> well, it sounds like a good thing. Now, I'm not going to tell you which one of us moved back home. And all I can say, <laughs> whether it's Kelly or me, all I can say is my parents are dead and the family home's been sold. So <laughs> you can guess who's moved back home recently. I won't mention anybody. Middle-aged adults. <laughs> so you seem to have a, you've had, I think you've been, You've enjoyed life, which is great. Look, for yes, for a girl from Maribor, I think I, I've been extremely lucky. Mm. And I, I have to say that that principle, I was going to tell you this, you know, I said that it was all women teachers yes. and all, you know, yeah. Um, because in those days, women, you know, when they got married, had to couldn't hold down any kind of government jobs. Like That's right. They had to resign. Teachers or librarians, yeah. yeah. 
so these women, you know, I guess they saw a vocation, or maybe they just didn't want to get married, but I think that, you know, it was kind of probably a difficult decision at times. But anyway, um, Mary Hansen was a friend of this John Sinclair, who, mm. uh, you know, opposed the sand mining and yes. got to be public enemy number one. And it turns out that she, you know, gave him both financial and sort of practical support. So that's interesting, I guess, because she, you know, had this, what, what would you call it, like a secret persona as an environmentalist. Right, right. <laughs> while, you know, while running this girl's school, you know, and we yeah. had rules like you couldn't talk to a boy while wearing your school uniform. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Why would you want to? Why would you want to talk to a boy if you're wearing your school uniform? You should be there for study. Now, look, on a more serious note, we've only got a few minutes. If there's anybody listening to this little chat and uh, is thinking it could be pretty exciting embar- embarking on a life of activism, in two minutes, any advice for them? Oh, don't give it up. Get out there. Be loud. Be difficult. Because. You know, if you, if you buckle under, it won't do you any good anyway. They have no loyalty. <laughs> yeah, well, you're quite right. It's about it's about getting involved, being active. You're going to lose a lot. You're going to win a few. But at the end of the day, you do make a difference. And you're quite right. That uh, high school principal who, uh, you know, brought a fresh way of looking at the world to you as a young girl has done everybody a favour. Yeah, so it's great. Look, all I can do is I can wish you the best for you and your partner, Glenn, your kids, your grandkids, your friends, all the, all the best. We've now reached that uh, age, and when you become a septogenarian, um, let me know, and I'll send you over a DFO <laughs> certificate. And be careful. I have seen a picture of you recently in your little art studio, and like me, we're not, how shall I put it, thin people. And when, right. you, and when you're a bit robust, we do tend to fall over. So be careful. Okay, that's my advice. Oh, okay, I'll be, I'll be extra careful, Joe. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You brought back a lot of fresh memories to me. And I thank you very much. And I, think, and I thank Kelly for finding you in that snow town barrel. All the best for the future. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Kelly. Bye. I'll be in touch. Thanks, Zilla. All right. Bye-bye, Zilla. There's been so many times, my friend, I've had to stand and fight. So many times I've been told it'll be all right. If you get knocked down to suffer so much pain As long as you can find the strength To get back up again Get back up again It is better to have tried and failed Than never tried at all For when that battle sounds I will answer to the call So many years in the drought without a but we must stand together to get back up again, get back up again. I will bear my soul. I will bear my 
can tell I will bear my soul for I've much more to gain You can knock me off my feet I will get back up again Get back up again Get back up again Get back up again I will bear my soul I will bear my soul Gotta get up, up, up Cause I've been down, down, down Gotta get up, get up, get up, get up, get up high Did you enjoy listening to that podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are a part of that community. Right now, it's our Radiothon. We need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donations really matter.